How is the worship in your church? Is it vibrant? Are you engaged? Or are you feeling disconnected? Dare we use the word bored? The major typical activity of a congregation each week is worship. That's when everyone gets together. But is the worship working in your church? What is the heart of worship? Dr. Cheryl Wilson Bridges, an author and pastor who specializes in worship, is our guest and our topic is Navigating the Heart of Worship. You're watching Ministry in Motion. Cheryl, let me come right to the big question right at the start. What is the heart of worship? You know, that's an excellent question that people often ask. And I think, you know, when we think about worship, many times you think about music. Many times when we talk about worship, we think of the worship service. But I think when we think of worship, it's more communion, fellowship and interaction and engagement with God. Even the word that is used for worship that most people talk about very often in the book of John, where we talk about to worship in spirit and in truth. That word for worship is a word that is very intimate. It means to kiss. Wow. To kiss. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yes. And so, and you know, it's amazing how Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well. So he used language that she would understand, a word that meant to kiss that is so intimate. So for us today, worship comes out of our love relationship with God, our devotion to God. The heart of worship is we are expressing how we feel about God through our music, through our actions, through our worship service, but most importantly, through our lifestyle. Wow. So there's an intimacy there with God and a connection also with the community with whom we're worshiping as well. Yes, yes. Ex unpack that a little for us, will you? Well, you know, when we're in engaging with God, we get an idea of who he is from a number of things. You know, people talk about nature. They talk about other areas that we can get accustomed to how God is, but really his word, the word of God gives us an understanding of who he is. Yeah. And that starts right at the beginning, doesn't it? It does. It starts right at the beginning. So the, when we're talking about worship, leadership is a very important part of what we do. Leadership and worship. God felt very, uh, when we, in the beginning in creation, leadership and worship went hand in hand. It was very important that when God created the earth, he gave man dominion over the earth, right? So dominion, and that's leadership. Mm -hmm. And then on the sixth day, he gave dominion. On the seventh day, he rested and sanctified it, and worship took place. So worship and leadership are connected. Leadership and the community are connected because we have to lead someone to God to Jesus Christ. So we, in our worship expression, want to bring others, lead others to the feet of Jesus. Wow. 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 So I'm blown away with what I've heard so far. Mm -hmm. So we've got the, the intimacy, and I'm still thinking about that kiss. That kiss. <laughs> right? That's right. Okay. Yes. Where worship is in, involved in that. Mm -hmm. And yet it's tied up with leadership as well. Mm -hmm. And it's tied up with our intimacy with God mm -hmm. and with community as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But here's the kicker. 
so many times worship leads to war in our churches. Oh my there's, goodness, yes. There's a lot of conflict over worship. Mm -hmm. Have you got the magic bullet for this? How, that's probably not the right metaphor, is it? No. But how, how, do we, how do we solve the worship wars? Well, I can't say that I have a magic bullet or a way to solve the worship wars. I think that would be very difficult to do because of the variety of churches and things. But I know that many times people are fighting over or arguing over worship style, music, instruments, traditions and rituals. And many times when you think about worship, we talk about, for example, in our denomination, we believe in the Sabbath. And many times when we talk about the Sabbath, we have biblical principles that outline our Sabbath worship. Mm -hmm. We're very clear on when the Sabbath starts, when it should end. If I go to your house, Anthony, you may do something a little different to bring in the Sabbath or to close the Sabbath. And we can enjoy that together, but we wouldn't fight about it. Yeah. We would still say that you brought in the Sabbath at a certain time and you ended the Sabbath at a certain time. And some of the things you do in between could vary based on family. Mm. I believe that biblical principles are needed in our worship. We many times are working with opinion, what someone likes, their preferences, and we put preferences over people. We put preferences over purpose. God has given us a purpose for worship. The people are important in worship, and we put preference, ritual, and tradition over people. It's scary, isn't it? It is. And I think that that's one of the core reasons why we have a lot of worship wars, because we're not willing, we haven't yet done what the theological research to understand what the Bible says about worship. And so what our opinions are become what we believe is the dogma or doctrine of worship. Okay. So take us to the Bible. Okay. All right. Well, tell us what you found in the Bible regarding worship. Well, it's interesting because there we understand that when God, when the Israelites were in Egypt, they had lost their ability to worship. They were enslaved. They could not worship. So when God had the exodus and he took them out of Egypt, he took them out, he said, to worship me. And in the wilderness, after all of the exodus, one of the things that God did was the tribe of Levi was established in the priesthood mm -hmm. and they became the leaders. Mm -hmm. And so when you look in the Bible, in the books of Chronicles and in the books of the Old Testament, there is just a lot it is replete with worship principles okay. in the Bible. Yeah. And so I've used right now a, an acrostic for mm -hmm. the word Levite. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. And I just would like to maybe use that to talk about the heart of worship. Right. Let's come to that. But, it's, you know, just as you're talking, it's, it's been a blessing to me. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, you think one of the 12 tribes was focusing on worship. The Levite tribe, the Levite tribe, mm -hmm. you know, so that's a significant proportion of the people. You look at the time that God gave, a mm -hmm. seventh of time, mm -hmm. you know, to engage in worship, rest, other activities. Mm -hmm. But God has certainly given us plenty of avenue there for, for worship in terms of the investment of people and the investment of time in it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's exciting because when you think about the Levites and that whole experience at the foot of Mount Sinai, when, you know, Moses came down the mountain and they were reveling, the, the Israelites mm. were reveling. They were, you know, Aaron had created the golden calf. The, when Moses said, who's on the Lord's side? 
only the Levites. Wow. Only the Levites responded to that call. And it's interesting that at that time, Aaron and his brothers, they were the priests. So in their family, I, I just imagined that they were worshiping at home and the Levites knew the true sound of godly worship. Wow. Okay. Now, right after the break, stay with us because we're going to be exploring more of the biblical principles of worship and following through the acrostic of Levites. Thank you. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is Navigating to the Heart of Worship and our guest, Dr. Cheryl Wilson-Bridges. Now, Cheryl, we're about to unpack Levite. Yes. Okay, as a, a, a biblical acrostic. Yes. So lead us. What does L start with? Okay, so L is for leadership. Okay. And that's so important when you're talking about worship. Many of our musicians and instrumentalists who are in the church who are leading, we call them uh, worship leaders, music ministers, and many times they're singularly doing the work. They don't have a team. They don't have a structure or process. Leadership is critical to worship. You know, the pastor is the worship leader. And the musicians also, when we lead, they have to know how to pastor. They have to know how to lead others to the feet of Jesus. That is important. So structure is important. Leadership is important. And David, who was the psalmist, the man after God's own heart, singer, songwriter, instrumentalist, he said that his leadership your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So leadership is important because it must be biblically based. And then also there has to be some structure put in place in order to lead people to wow. the foot of Jesus. It's not just musical. Worship is not just music. And music is not just is worship. So that's, that's a powerful image there, Cheryl. The whole purpose of worship is to lead people to Jesus. Absolutely. And, and it does require leadership. It's not a haphazard thing. It's not a, a show thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a performance thing. It's a leadership to Jesus. And let me say, let me go back a little and say the purpose of worship is adoration to God. And as we adore and love God, right, and we have that relationship with him, then our role is to lead others to do the same. Wow. So it wow. is uh, interaction with God that then becomes interaction with man, leading people to the feet of Jesus. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's our L. Mm -hmm. that's, I'll never forget that. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. All right. So the E? Yes. The okay. E now is to educate and train. And it's so very important that we understand that we need to share with others how to educate them on not just the music of worship, but the service. How does the service flow? What is happening in the worship service? What biblical uh, principles are undergirding that experience in worship for you and for your membership? You know, how are you taking what we learn in the Bible every day and making that a part of your life so that you are something that people see that becomes a living epistle that you can mm. educate people? So education on worship, worship leadership, and just how we engage people with God, people from the community, people who are unchurched. These are things that we shouldn't take for granted someone knows because they can play an instrument. 
Yes, yes. We need to take the time to train and educate, just like pastors are trained and educated on how to manage and how to interact with members and how to lead people to God by preaching and teaching. Worship leaders, instrumentalists, musicians need to be trained as well to teach and educate others so that the Word of God becomes the instrument that we use to bring people to Jesus Christ. You, you know, another thought that comes to mind is this really avoids the mindless repetition. Mm -hmm. You know, people are then informed, they're intentionally worshipping, they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that adds to the significance and the meaning, doesn't it? It sure does. And, you know, again, just because it's intentional and they're informed doesn't mean that it doesn't have love. Of course. That it doesn't have, you know, warmth, warmth and depth and that it doesn't have energy and vibrancy. Yeah. But, you know, again, when you are clear as to your purpose yeah. and that the, the whole journey with Jesus is to the foot of the cross. You know, uh, that is what makes worship not only uh, something that we do here on this earth, but something that we will do in the halls of heaven eternally. What a gorgeous journey that is, you know, to the feet of Jesus and then that ultimate journey, of course. Mm -hmm. And it's all embracing and embraced by worship. That's a gorgeous thought, Cheryl. Thank yeah. you. Yes. So we're up to V. Yes. And, you know, V, I, I like V because it's important. When you think about the pastor and the musician and the worship leader, a lot of times, sometimes there isn't the kind of camaraderie or there isn't an understanding of the roles. And so there needs to be a, a valiance. People need to be valiant when it comes to worship and visionary. Okay. You know, because worship requires courage. When you are the individual, first and foremost, many of us, even as Seventh-day Adventists, let's just think about our lifestyle. We have to tell people that we worship on a certain day that's different from what they do, that we have different eating habits and lifestyle. Sometimes it takes courage Indeed. to share your faith. And many times when you're a worship leader in the church and you're responsible for what is so important, that worship service, the selection of music, or even the elements of the worship service, the scripture, the scripture, all of those different things, you need courage to, to be able to do these things and look out into the congregation. I know in uh, Jeremiah, I think it's Jeremiah, yes, in Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, chapter one, when he received his prophetic call, and I believe that worship is a prophetic call, the, the Lord tells him, do not be afraid of their faces. And wow. many times in worship, it is the people, like Aaron, the people wanted a God. And that pressure creates a fear or uh, frustration or disillusionment. So many times we need to be courageous to do the work of Christ. Peter prayed for boldness to do the work of Christ. And then we have to have the vision. God's yeah. vision. Just before we get to the vision, I, I just want to dwell a little more on that, that courage, that valiance. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of not only past eras, but current eras where people literally risk their lives mm -hmm. to worship Jesus. Mm -hmm. Did you mm -hmm. know in, in societies and countries that are anti-Christian, mm -hmm. that are opposed to Christ and, and people that worship him, to have that courage to faithfully worship Christ mm -hmm. 
That's a, it's a powerful testimony, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. And, you know, it's amazing how we think of it in those large scale where people are giving their lives and losing their lives. But sometimes it takes courage just to do some of the other things, to bring to a, a congregation a different style of worship, a different experience in worship that they may not be particularly ready for or may not be in favor of. So our, our valiance in worship is a broad spectrum. Yeah. You know, we have where we are giving our lives to Christ, and we do that daily, where we're actually being persecuted for Christ, and then where we are trying to bring to a lost world people mm. who in their, in their inner being are adverse to yeah. this because we're all shaping in sin, born in sin, shaping in iniquity, True. adverse to the things of God. And we're trying to bring those things front and center. It requires a courage. It does. And, and even courage to surrender making money at that time. And instead of investing that time in money making, surrendering it to worship. But I interrupted you earlier. You wanted to talk about visionary. Let's hear about that just, just in a nutshell. Okay. Vision is very important because we need to know the purpose of God for the church we serve today. Many, many times when pastors or worship leaders have a vision, it may be from some other location. For example, I mentioned I was the, well, I'm the, I was the pastor of worship. I'm sorry. I was a minister of music at the Community Praise Center Church under right. Henry Wright. Yes. I'm now the pastor of worship at Sligo Church. You know, when you go to a new church, and you want to bring the vision from the other church into the new church, that may not be appropriate for those congregants. Many times we need to know what is God's vision for this church today. And it's very important to be able to have the courage to identify through prayer and understanding God's vision for the church, what kind of worship experience will make this church have the boldness, have the experience where they want to go out and tell everybody about our worship here at this church or even how my church has changed my life. Wonderful. Cheryl, I'm excited because I want to know what the rest of the, the Levite spells out. It's been a, a fantastic journey so far as we're navigating to the heart of, of worship. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is navigating to the heart of worship. And our guest is Dr. Cheryl Wilson Bridges. Now, Cheryl, we're halfway through Levite yes. and I'm eager to get to the rest of the ITE. Let's come to I. OK, so I is instruments that inspire. And, you know, many times when we're thinking of worship, people automatically think about the instruments, the musical instruments. And it's so important that we do understand that Instruments are not just musical. Your voice is also an instrument. But in the Bible, David in 1 Chronicles 25 literally tells the Levites, the head Levites, Asaph and the other head Levites, that they should prophesy with cymbals, harps, and musical instruments. So instruments should have the ability, when we say prophesy, to share the, the good news of Jesus Christ. How does that happen? Well, of course, the individuals, we all become instruments <laughs> of God. We can do that to inspire people, the music that we play, the way in which we undergird the service, the, the way in which we uh, 
program the service, each element of the service, they become instruments to inspire people to feel the Holy Spirit speaking in their hearts. And more importantly, we become the instruments. We are, like Peter says, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation to proclaim the praises of him. So part of our praise ministry is our lives as instruments to God and also using every instrument we have to proclaim and inspire people to see more of Jesus Christ. Wow, Cheryl, just listening to you, you're inspiring me to worship. <laughs> this is, I can't wait till I can be in a, an opportunity again mm -hmm. to, to be involved with worship. You're really opening some, some windows and some doors in my thinking. Thank you. You're welcome. So the eye, instruments and inspiration, mm -hmm. fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now, the tea. Okay, the tea. That's very important, especially in a church setting. And the tea is for setting the tone. Okay. The tone of worship, the, you know, many times when we look back to the Old Testament and the Old Testament sanctuary, when you read the Bible, it talks about the curtains and the colors, the incense and the smell, the, the, the lighting that was glowing when the oil, the Holy Spirit in the candelabra, the, the tone of worship, how we create that tone. And more, most importantly, it's not just aesthetics. Even though God does tell us to worship in the beauty of his holiness. Mm. So aesthetics is important to God. But it's also God is a God of love. The Bible says God is love. So do we have a loving, do people experience love when they walk into our churches or where they encounter us? Do they want to stay? Does yeah. it become, that's all part of the tone. It's just mm. like when someone comes to your home. If I came to your home, you know, when you walk in, you get a sense of who you're visiting and who lives there. And our houses, our church homes, should give people a sense of the glorious God we serve. Yeah. And then we should give them a sense by being loving and using love to really structure, well, not structure, but using love to share with them how God is. Wow, the tone of love in worship, that's, that's a gorgeous thought. Yes, yes, yeah. and I really think, you know, the Bible also says that we should do things decently and in order, and so, Preparing a worship service does require, you have to be very deliberate and purposeful because again, the end goal is to bring people to Jesus. But decently and in order, structure and framework, you can still do that through love. Mm. You can think of the reason why we may have a system in place for example, with our worship leaders, where they have to rehearse, why they may audition, why we may uh, go over the service over and over again so people understand what they're doing, is because we love you, we want you to do your best, we want people to see the best of what God has to offer, and we want people to feel that experience in worship as well. Wonderful. Now, we've only got a, just a short amount of time left, so let's cover the E. Oh, it's the most important one because the E is for evangelize. Worship should end in evangelism. Interestingly enough, in First uh, Chronicles 25, it, one of the times that the word uh, disciple is used, one of two times in the Old Testament, it's used when talking about the Levites as musicians. So discipleship is inherent in musicianship and, and worship. And so evangelize is the whole reason why we worship, to bring others to the feet of Jesus. Wow. Now you've brought us back to a, a lovely position. You started with leading people to the feet of Jesus with the, the, the leadership of Levite and E, evangelizing and bringing people to Jesus through worship. Mm -hmm. Now, 
you are a skilled specialist in worship and you've brought one of the two books that you've authored along. Um, we've got a special deal that we'd like to offer yes. to, to our viewers. Okay. And uh, this, this title of this book is Deeper, Deeper Praise, Pr right? Mm -hmm. Music, Majesty or Mayhem. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it explores many of the things that we've looked at in this program here today. Mm -hmm. It does. Now, what I'd like to offer to our viewers at home, if you'd like to contact us at Ministry in Motion, email us. Our email address is feedback at ministryinmotion.tv. And uh, if you're one of the first 20 viewers that contacts us, and let's make it a little fairer because some of the, the countries in the world see this at a later time than others. So if you're the first person from your country from the first 20 countries in the world that write into us, we have this wonderful book available that we'll send to you wherever you are on the planet, complimentary with, with our best wishes. So um, this, this whole issue of worship, it's a, it's, a, it's a big issue. It doesn't need to be an issue of conflict. No. But it's there to be a blessing. Absolutely. A, a, an enormous blessing that takes us to the feet of Jesus. Yes, yes. Now, Cheryl, we've just got a few seconds left. Is there something on your heart that you'd like to share about worship with our viewers in just the few seconds that we've got left? Yes, you know, it's Jesus Christ. The culture of the cross should be the culture of our worship. Being able to understand that bringing people into an experience where they can really feel the power of Jesus Christ through whatever medium or talent he gives us, whether it's music, whether it's preaching, whether it's speaking, whether it's your life and who you are, is the most important thing you can do. It's the most important responsibility we have because worship, we will do that eternally. We may not do anything else eternally, but worship we will do eternally. All right. Thank you so much, Cheryl. I think I'll always remember Levite and how it's connected to worship. And thank you so much for the, the windows that you've opened, the curtains that you've moved back, the doors that you've opened in my thinking, I'm sure in the, the thinking of our viewers as well. Thank you so much, Cheryl, and God bless. Thank you. So the big points from the program, Levite, we can remember that. And of course, leaders lead people to the feet of Jesus in worship. We educate people for worship as well. Worshippers are valiant, they're courageous, and they're visionary. Also, we have instruments to inspire people in worship. We set the tone for worship. And of course, worship is evangelizing people as well. Levite. Thanks so much for joining us on Ministry in Motion.